Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Mostly Ghostly with myself, Matthew Fisher, and my co-host, Ray Booten. How you doing over there, Ray? Pretty good. How about you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, recently, I heard you were on the uh, on our, our, our sister podcast, Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie. Is that true? How'd that go? So. Oh, that's not a rumor. That's that's true. That's and true. And uh, wow. I, I had a good time. I didn't want to speculate at first, but finding out that it's true, that's uh, that's grand. It was good times? Oh, yeah. Cool. Definitely good times. That should probably be up and on sale a week or so, maybe next week, I'd say. Whenever they, whenever they drop them, whenever they drop their episodes next week, I think they drop them on Friday. So, uh, everything's been cool with you over there? Oh, yeah. Just doing my usual. How you like this heat? This heat's horrendous, horrifying in itself. Actually, I'm one of those people that like it. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, I'm out on my back porch. I was out here uh, lifting some weights, exercising before, out in the heat. I'm still out here now. All I got is one little fan. That's enough. Yeah. I took a walk. I woke up and, like, felt like in a, an energetic, healthy mood, so I took a walk, and... By the end of that walk, the heat had me feeling like, uh, unfortunately, what I fit, I think uh, the great John Hughes felt on his last walk. So I had I had to cut it down and cool it down, and you know, say you know, wrap it up for the for the for the afternoon, and say you know what, I got a mostly ghostly episode to do today. I can't be fucking tapping out of the game of life right now. Maybe later. Maybe later, you know. Well, my family, uh, they're always busting me up because I don't put away sweaters and heavy sweatshirts until June. So you'll wear the heavy heavy clothing during this hot weather? Is that what you're uh, trying to say? No, once it breaks uh, 90, I don't wear it. But it'll be like 75 out. Everybody's going around saying, oh, this is beautiful. And I'll have a sweatshirt or on, something like that, or, or a uh, sweater on. And they're going, you're nuts. I'm going, I'm fine. Yeah, well, I, I you know I can relate in the fact I wear shorts in the winter. I used to do it more often, not so much any anymore. Now I wear pants like a, like a, like a grown up, I guess. But uh, you can still catch me wearing some shorts in the winter. But uh, people always thought that was weird, but I liked it. It kept me going, kept me energized. You know what I mean? Well, I think that uh, I went and did a presentation at a local Y mm-hmm. on the uh, paranormal. Yeah, it was held outside. It was about ninety degrees, and I showed up. Everybody's in t-shirts and shorts. I had a t-shirt on, but I had my jeans on and my boots on, and people were just looking at me like, "No shorts? Oh hell no! It ain't warm enough for shorts. Shorts are for shorts are for working out. They're not for wearing around." We got to do a photo shoot for mostly ghostly where we're by a pool. But we're rocking like winter gear, you know what I mean? It's the sun in the winter, a sunny, uh, you know, summer scene. The the sun's fucking beating down on us. We're sweating to death, pouring off us, and we're rocking like fucking winter vests. Ray's got Ray's got the boots on. We'll have to put you in some type of shorts. We don't want to die out there. But we, we should do a fun. We should do a fun photo shoot for the show. We did that one with Dave McDonough back in the day. 
cemetery um, shoot, photo shoot. We got some use out of those pics, which was fun, you know. Maybe. Well, I'll tell you, um, I'm not going into shorts, and I probably won't be sweating that much. If I got you, like, Bigfoot leggings, like, big furry leggings, would you wear them? Yeah, I'd wear those. All right. Done deal. Done deal. I put the gavel down. It's official. So let's get into some ghostly, because uh, we probably just lost half our audience in that last five minutes. So, welcome back to the ghostly, folks, where we got the most of that here with... uh, with your pals in the ghostly Matt and Ray Um, this episode we are going to discuss you know very popular thing you hear a lot about in the the undercurrent of the uh, the paranormal and and weird culture and uh, that is the skinwalker right Ray oh yeah it's been popular for a long while variations of it worldwide yeah, it's a it's a Navajo culture thing, uh, Skinwalker. Uh, it's a Yaz Naldalushi uh, is a type of harmful witch who is the ability to turn into, possess, or disguise themselves as an animal. Uh, the term is never used for healers, so not to be confused with people of doing uh, good deeds. It looks like here, you know. Yeah, it's kind of uh, well. I'm a member of a uh, Native American tribe, and actually at my wedding, uh, one of my best friends uh, was a medicine man for the tribe. And whenever we were at a ceremony on a reservation, um, he would wear his uh, regalia, which included wearing a fur over him that was tied into his power. Yeah. And the medicine or the power of that animal uh, was manifested through him by wearing that that fur. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, to describe kind of like a, a shaman, like a negative shaman, bad energy shaman. Well, you can use it. You can use it like, for instance, he uses it for good. Yeah, but well, uh, yeah, yeah there, there are there are the bad ones. But I mean, my one, yeah. my tribal name is Spirit Wolf. Um, I have, uh, a couple of wolf skulls in prominent places, uh, and they're part of my medicine, the medicine of the wolf, of the power of the wolf. Maybe if some, if the fans of the show want to see Ray's wolf skulls, they'll post it up on the Facebook page and maybe a rave and snap a pic for you folks out there. Woo! Um, so yeah, the wolf skulls are really cool. You had one that was really old, you said, right? Uh, I received it as a gift, uh, from somebody with a dire wolf. It's thousands of years old. They're very rare. It's the larger wolf that was around before, uh, the current wolves we have, uh, out there right now. And it came down from Canada. That's what the current wolf evolved from. Or devolved in some situations, they devolve. You know, I think it evolved from it got smaller. Um, the dire wolf skull is a larger skull than the other one, and there are several parts of it uh, look a little bit different. 
how how big do you think a wolf was when it first popped on the scene? Do you think it was something uh, ridiculous? Because I I assume you start making wolves too big, you got a real problem on your hands. Um, I wouldn't say that much bigger than than right now, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of what a good difference would be. Uh, you take your average dog, and then you uh, compare it to a full-sized Malmute or Husky. Yeah. Uh, they're a little bit bigger, and that's kind of the, the difference between the wolf and the dire wolf. Yeah. Or one's like, you know, oh, that's a little taller, a little longer, head's a little bigger, probably about an extra 50 pounds on there. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, some animals are weak. They're like, like a hippo, for instance. Like a hippo, if you, we see hippos, you know, uh, on TV and such, and we, oh, it's cute. We get hungry, hungry hippo. The game, very misleading game. It's gonna make children want to play with hippos, and they don't want to play with hippos in real life because if you see a real life hippo, my goodness, they're they are horrifying themselves. They're gigantic, and they would demolish uh, a human body. You know what I mean? Well, actually, in Africa, more people are killed by hippos than uh, alligators or crocodiles. Yeah, none of that sounds like fun to me. You know, nope. I, I don't know about you. Um, yeah, they're vicious animals, vicious canids over there. They don't play. They're fucking wild. They create a lot of uh, a ghost. Uh, a lot of the ghost problem in Africa is created by the hippo. Well, violent death and the spirit stays around. Amen, brother. So, uh, some of the background on, on our Skinwalker situation, you know, other than, you know, Na Navajo deal, it's in the Navajo language. Uh, let me uh, try not to murder this. Yi Nal Delushi translates to by, me by means of it, or it goes on all fours. While perhaps the most commonly uh, common variety seen in horror fiction by non Navajo people. Um, the Yi Nadashia, yeah, we're gonna call that the Yi Na for now, for now on, just to be nice to the culture, um, is one of several varieties of specifically a type of the legend of the skinwalkers. It's not to be well understood outside of Navajo culture, mostly due to reluctance. Uh, to discuss the subject with outsiders. Navajo people are reluctant to reveal skinwalker lore to non-Navajos or to discuss it at all among those they do not trust. Fair enough, you know. Well, there could be a good reason for that. It's similar to um, if you're talking about, for instance, ghosts a lot, yeah. or if you're talk yeah. talking about and calling out, uh, let's say, demons, mm -hmm. and you're using their names, you draw that entity to you and it would be the same thing with the Navajo and that if you talk excessively about it uh, you might be actually drawing a skinwalker to you being noticed by your con by that conversation yeah and you don't want to do that I also feel a lot of people in such groups and such in that situation will not want to talk about it because talking about it gives way for people to question it or make poke fun as well, and they don't want to. They probably don't want to bring that up. So it's probably a, a mix of all three at work. You know. Oh, uh, I, I, I agree. People will take it. They'll twist it. They'll either uh, use it or make fun of it. So basically, you hold on to your 
hold on to your culture so someone else doesn't butcher it. Yeah. Uh, Navajo witches, including skinwalkers, represent the uh, antithe- antithesis of Navajo culture cultural values. While community healers and cultural workers are known as medicine men and women, uh, or by the terms in the local indigenous language, witches are seen as evil, performing twisted ceremonies and manipulating magic and a perversion of the good works medicine people traditionally perform. In orders to practice their good works, traditional healers learn about both good and evil magic. Most can hardly, uh, most uh, can handle the responsibility, but some people can become corrupt and choose to become witches. You know, everybody, much like everything else, you know, people can, people can, you know, the whole the whole telltale of people being corrupted is like the oldest story in the book and true you know it's like the oldest fact in the book too the unfortunate fact of uh corruption corruption as they say i think well i mean it, uh lucas uh said it well in star wars when he has darth vader do the uh, luke come to the dark side yeah it's the temptation the power the mystery uh trying to lure you right in the temptation of Christ, man, it's biblical. It brings it biblical. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I the whole the, the whole element of that, you know, because the religion, you know, and that whole biblical thing. I want to say it started from a good place, and much like this is saying, it was corrupted by, you know, man got involved and uh, kind of switch things away to favor themselves more, I think, and uh, corrupted it, right? You know what I mean? What's your opinion on that? Uh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, man is flawed, so those flaws were introduced into many religions. Also, there's a misunderstanding factor. Um, unless you are enlightened yourself, yeah. uh, then you're trying to explain something, and that person will not get it, because they are coming from a totally different place and they really can't grasp at least completely in the same way you do what you what you're trying to explain yeah so when they pass it on to the next person it's limited because of their understanding and the influences that they have had in their life that form them whether they're aware of it or not they're passing those influences around and changing things yeah so, you know, like it said, traditional healers learn about both good and evil magic. So it's pretty much just a matter of their will, you know, their light, uh, whether they're good or good or bad folk to begin with, whether or not which which direction they're going to they're going to spin in. You know what I mean? Yep. Much like everything, though, I think that's the story of life. You know, that whole that whole deal, you know, um, the choice and trying not to be. Try not to be deceived by, you know, things, uh, uh, corruption and thing. you know, you know what I mean? I think that's like, the story is old as time. Um, but you know, the legend of this bad, these bad boys out here and bad, bad girls. And there are animals associated with witchcraft, usually include tricksters. We talk a lot about tricksters on this show. In the flesh and outside of the flesh, uh, tricksters such as the coyote, uh, but can include other creatures, usually those associated with the devil or bad omens or death uh, or bad omens. 
Uh, they might also possess living animals or people and walk around in their bodies by locking eyes with them. Skinwalkers may be male or female. Now, this day and age, I think that there's like 67 genders now. Would, would it be all those two, or what do you think? Uh, I'd probably stick with history and say male or female. Just a male and female? Okay. Um, you know, the, uh, what, what other, you know, animals associated with witchcraft, do you think that there's any, why do you think they're associated, you think they actually have a tie to it, or are they just misunderstood so they get lumped in with witchcraft? What, what do you think about that, Ray? I think they get, they get lumped, well, there's two things. One is in many cultures they get lumped in. Um, if you take a look at some of the Amer Native American tribes, uh, in different regions, um, the animal, oh, like you said, the, the trickster is, uh, would be the coyote, but they base it on the behavior of the animal. Mm -hmm. So if an animal behaves a, behaves a certain way, um, then they move it to one area or another as to whether it is good or bad or whether most animals are good to begin with. And uh, those attributes will determine how they're going to use it. And the distrust for the, with the coyote, known as a trickster among the tribes, made it very easy for them to associate it uh, with the skinwalker. Yeah. What are, what other animals can you think of related with death and bad omens? You got what? Um, ravens, black ravens, locusts, um, flies. I think. I think flies have something to do with something. Um, but yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. You get animals that all you know. All types of deals. You think that there would be possession within an in, within insect? Could you see an insect be possessed? You know, you take a story like the Amityville Horror, where I think even in the book as well as the film, it talks about an overwhelming um, fly infestation that there's no there was no like rhyme or reason to. Do you think that you know in a situation or like? You've you've heard story. I've heard stories at least. You know, maggots because it's a sign of death. You know, another thing that's a sign of death. You know, what do you think? You think that? What do you th how, how do you think these are being used? You think it's just? You know, what's your take on their the, the part they play in the whole deal? These well, I think it, yeah. if you take if you take maggots because it's associated with death, um, it is something frightening you. So it makes its way into the lore. It makes its way into the stories and the legends, so that uh, because the maggots are the symbol of decay and of death. So uh, I think that's a human aspect of putting those attributes, uh, what they see, against similar to what some Native American tribes do. But in this this case, if uh, you take the maggots, like oh, death, decay, they're eating you. Well, yeah, if you're making a horror film, or you're telling telling a spooky story then uh, using maggots is something that everybody can relate to in that negative way yeah. and you're not talking about Dave Maggot McDonough right uh no I'm not talking about him when Dave when we were doing when we were when we were, when we were laying out Dave Maggie's career I told him he should have he should have done Maggot McDonough that should have been his director name it, it doesn't get more punk rock for a horror director to be called Maggot. First name to be Maggot. You know what I mean? 
Um, but jumping back into skinwalkers, you know what I mean? Because I don't think Dave's a skinwalker. He does do a lot of walking now, which is good. Uh, skinwalker stories told among Navajo children may be, uh, may be complete life and death struggles that end in either skinwalker or Navajo killing the other. Or a partial encounter, stories that end in a stalemate. Uh, encounter stories uh, may be composed of a Navajo victory story. And with skinwalkers approaching a Hogan and being scared away. Now, uh, when they say Hogan, they're not talking about Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? Hogan, uh... Yeah, no, that's, that's a dwelling. You're familiar with it? Okay. I had a, a traditional dwelling yeah, of the Navajo people. Um, uh, well, actually, in the Northeast, uh, among, one, among the tr- uh, people of the tribe that I was adopted into... They had a reservation, and uh, the clan mother gifted me a komuk, which was a dwelling on there. So I actually had my place that I could visit. Yeah, uh, right on the reservation. What you gonna do, brother? Um, that's cool. Well, how'd you like that living out there on the plantation like that on that on that situation? Um, I didn't. I didn't live there. I used to visit there if I wanted to uh, get away from the world. Escape society. It was some place I would uh, go to contemplate and uh, to be closer to nature. How long would you crash there for? Oh, it might not be uh, only about a day or so. Like, Just enough like sleep long over? enough. Yeah, get my head straight. It kind of sounds like a peaceful thing. Like I wouldn't mind. We should do an episode out of that where me and you should go and do a weekend on on the on uh, there and like live it, and we'll record. We'll record through the whole weekend and uh, put out like a three-part episode it could be fun well, yeah this was a this was a small uh reservation nobody lived on it there were houses mostly people visited yeah you might go there'd be nobody there you might go there would be people there um i did take a trip up to canada one time with the drum uh to a reservation up there and actually it was huge it had its own medical center its school you look at the houses they'd have a lot of them with like a split ranch and everything, and they had a factory up there. They were the biggest employer for the town. Yeah. So there's all, there's all different types. It varies quite a bit depending upon where you go. The good old Native American people talk about a, a group of people that have been beaten and abused. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they ever were they ever vocal on their opinion of? Um, People that naysay the whole Navajo or the whole Indian shaman thing, they ever give their opinion of uh, folks that don't, you know, have issue or whatever, don't really agree. Try and, more so than not agree, but like try and naysay and say it's like foolish or whatever. Uh, basically, just wouldn't bother with them. Yeah. I mean, you live a certain life, then you know that, you know, yeah, say all you want. Go ahead. Bye. They seem like very nice folks. I've met a lot. Uh, out of all the folks I've met, they uh, all the all the. I don't want to get into what what groups or uh, races of people are the nicest, but I've uh, Indian folks have always been pretty cool to me. You know, just like Asian folks have always been super nice. You know what I mean? Some of the nicest uh, groups of folks. Um, well, they 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 used to hold a strawberry festival on a reservation. It was open to everybody. I like that. I went. I went there with my family. Um, I talked with several of them. The clan mother, um, 
actually took a liking to me, invited me and my family back to her house. There you go. Uh, I mean, open arms. That was the first step to eventually being adopted by the tribe and uh, ending up on the drum. Well, in a spiritual world like that, if you can't trust the person, then they shouldn't be a part of your community, you know what I mean? That's how they look at it. So, like, yep. if they like you and, a bit, and feel you out and get a good vibe off you, then, you know, welcome to the family type deal. Definitely. Boombastic style. Boom. Um, but, yeah, for shizzle. Um, we'll jump back into the old skinwalker situation here. Um, non-native uh, interpretations of skinwalker stories typically take the form of partial encounter stories on the road where the protagonist is temporarily vulnerable, but then escapes from the skinwalker in a way not traditionally seen in Navajo stories that take place away from home. Sometimes Navajo children take European folk stories and substitute skinwalkers for generic killers like the hook. Now, if we're if we're talking about the hook, um, I think I have a good idea of what story they're talking about. The folklore, dude. Do you know? Are you familiar with the hook, urban legend, off the top of your head? Uh, is that the one where the hook is on the side of the car? I think it is. Yeah, it was urban legend from like the '60s or '50s or something like that. Um, and it's basically a young couple are sitting in a car and they're necking. They're fucking getting hot and heavy. And, uh, there's, like, a scratching on the door or something like that. And, uh, you know, there's different ways to approach it. There's probably an original story, and then there's, like, I want to say in the urban legend films, probably the first one, I think, they tackle it, and they kind of, um, they kind of, uh, tell the story of it. But, yeah, long story short, is a guy with a hook, um, was about to get it. It was on the loose, and, um... This couple, they're they're, they're 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 doing their thing, and they uh, they hear something, they get freaked out, and uh, the, in the nick of time, they pull out of there, I guess. And uh, when they get home, they look at on the they look on the door handle. Back when there was door handles, that this could even happen on on cars, and there was a hook, which is very famous um, urban legend. Maybe that's why we have the futuristic door handles where hooks can't hang on to. Somebody had a bad experience. But we'll have to do an episode on Urban Legends one of these days, too, because they're fun. How You know, the whole, everybody knew somebody, oh, my, my sister's friend's aunt, this happened to. You know what I mean? Now everybody kind of, there's certain stories that everybody kind of uh, supposedly knew somebody that went through it, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, they're plentiful. That'd be fun to do. Uh, and it, it ties right in with what, what, what we do, what we do here. You know what I mean? At Mousley, Gousley. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the poor Navajo people, man, they're just trying to keep their thing sacred. With this one, it's less like voodoo, where voodoo was kind of, they were trying to keep it, you know, sacred and safe, but um, with voodoo, almost got a bad light. With this, it's almost like uh, they know they're dealing with negative stuff. They're just trying not to talk about it type deal. Well, quite often it's uh, better not to talk about it, as I said before, because you don't want to uh, give it life. Yeah. Well, I agree with that. You know what I mean? Um, are you familiar with uh, Skinwalker Ranch at all? We got a little bit on that. Uh, 
I am. It's gone through several owners. It's been investigated uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of anomalies there. Uh, energy sources from coming in the ground, sometimes energy sources above, uh, UFOs, strange creatures walking around, cattle mutilation. Uh, it's uh, quite the place. Yeah, Utah. Uh, also known as Sherman Ranch. Uh, the property located on uh, 512 acres uh, south southeast of Ballard, Utah. This is reputed to be the site of a paranormal and UFO-related activities. Its name is take, taken from the skinwalker of Navajo legend concerning vengeful shaman. Um, a little background on UFO reports uh, in the Unitah Basin were publicized during the 1970s. Claims about the ranch first appeared in 1996 in the Salt Lake City, Utah um, Desert News um, publication and later in the alternative weekly Las Vegas Mercury as a series of articles by investigative journalist George Knapp. These early stories detailed the claims of a family that allegedly experienced inexplicable and frightening events after they purchased and occupied the property. So, it's a, it's a property, eh? Is it like a house? No, it can't. Uh, yeah, it's a probably eight, a ranch setup, right? Like a ranch house? Actually, there are several houses on it. Yeah, it's like a gigantic uh, thing, right? It's like a big yep. area, yeah. I don't know... Big um, area. Yeah, so I wonder if you can stay here. I wonder if we, we you know, that'd be kind of cool. They wrote well, right a, now, right yeah. now, there's some bi billionaire who bought it. And I'm not sure what he's doing with it. I know that they've done some ex uh, exploring recently, including attempting to drill. Hmm. And uh, most of the people, when they try and tap the soil, get sick. One of them, um, and it was actually ver verified. You could uh, look look it up and. Does take some searching, but they showed X-rays. It was brain swelling, and oh, shit. A, a whole bunch of things went crazy. Some people have gone back and they found in certain areas there are uh, radiation spikes and energy sources they can't explain. So it's uh, really a strange, strange place. Yeah, it's got to be something like uh, in the soil, you know. It doesn't Maybe. seem to affect people until they start digging into the soil or try to try and go into it, uh, dig a well or do anything like that. Then it's like releases all hell. Well, maybe it's like there's gases or something within, and you got to crack into it. You know what I mean? Um, slice it, and you know the earth is a crazy thing. It's very possible to. Uh, I'm sure it'd be very possible for like that to create something that. You know, I've said it before, well, man. I think it's it's one of these days Earth's going to start fighting back. People got to be careful, you know. There's an old story about how that land was cursed by the natives. Yeah. Oh, really? I think there was there was a massacre on it, and the survivors cursed the uh, white man and that and that land that they took, and they've had the problems ever since. I believe it. You know, America's like in the world itself. I'm sure there's got to be a lot of cursed, a lot of cursed land. You know, I mean, the the whole place has got bad, bad vibe. You know what I mean? You think that's why shit's so crazy? Because you know, 
if you think about it, like people, I'm sure there, there, there's so much with the hatred and all the madness that's going on right now and curses throughout the years and, and throughout time and all that, you know, just bad tragedies happening and, you know, dark, dark art stuff and all this. You know, you got you got all that love and positivity in the world too, but it's like you got so much of this dark shit. You think that's why things are so kind of crazy? Uh, it builds up, and evil feeds off it. Uh, like, in a time like this, I mean, if you talk about curses, and you go back to skinwalkers, they're uh, the shamans or the witch doctors that were evil. Yeah, that would become a skinwalker. Uh, separate legend. Um, is that people could be cursed and they would become a skinwalker. It's got like a... Go we're living like Ghostbusters 2 uh, reality where uh, the bad energy, man. We gotta get... Everybody needs the ooze gun so we can fucking ooze everything down and get all the bad vibes out of everything and then, uh, then COVID will go away and all the, all the madness and injustice. Everything will even out. Everybody be happy. Everybody be happy, and, and uh, our, our skin, our skin walkers will will become skin joggers and shed that negative energy around them as they run through the field, and uh, you know everything will be cool. You know what I mean? Well, actually, actually, a very popular uh, variation on the skin walker when someone is cursed, yeah, and changes a very popular one uh, made popular in the movies was was the uh, Wolfman. Yeah, yeah, truth. That's that's a, a European legend. It works very much like the Skinwalker. The only difference is that the person is cursed there. Yeah, you're and then right. they be, they become someone who turns into an animal and does evil. Yeah, you got that one hundred ten percent correct, Ray. You know the whole werewolf thing is Skinwalker. You know what I mean? Yeah, they ch they they change over. I know that. Uh, the what I would call the white interpretation of the legend in yeah. the in the Navajo is that you kill a skin skinwalker with a bullet that has been coated or dipped in ashes. Interesting. Now ashes are purifying uh, in many cultures. They hmm. they cleanse. They burn things away. I tend to think that that's the white variation on it. Because if you go far enough back, uh, the natives out west did not have the bullets. Yeah. But if you take an if you take arrowheads, particularly if you take obsidian, which uh, repels evil, if you were to have an arrowhead of obsidian, which that stone has the energy to repel evil to begin with, and you dip it in the ashes, which are uh, cleansing and purification, and shoot the the uh, skinwalker, mm -hmm. that would be a way to get rid of them. Interesting. Yeah, I never heard that the ash on the bullet. You know, of course, you heard of the silver bullet with werewolves and stuff. Um, I wonder if that's where the silver bullet comes from with werewolves. If it spins off that ash bullet, it probably would, right? Makes sense. It might. I think that in Europe, when you're using the silver, uh, the silver is a very pure mm -hmm. uh, metal, and they probably that's why they probably pick silver in that legend and uh, that telling of it. Maybe the the ash is pouring into the silver. Ooh, double take possible but yeah it's interesting so remember that if you want to kill a skinwalker you need a bullet was it dipped in ash ash but don't ashes so don't, yep. 
So don't bring the silver bullets thinking it's the same deal. You're going to find yourself in a predicament. You know what I mean? Well, the other thing, too, is if, if you nick a... Let's say uh, you don't kill, but you hurt the uh, skinwalker. Right. You can, you can usually find them when they're in a human form because they'll still carry the scar. Okay. So when, when they change back, what happens is they'll still have the scar from where you, let's say, if you uh, cut them or hurt them. Reminds me of uh, Stephen King's Silver Bullet with the late, great Corey uh, Haim and Gary Busey doing it big, where uh, Gary Busey is the werewolf, and uh, he gets shot in the eye, gets his eye... Ah, uh, no, he's, Gary Busey's the fucking uncle. The dude from People Under the Stairs, who looks like the singer from fucking The Talking Heads... Uh, is the werewolf. I forget his name, but he's a good actor. He's in a good handful of horror films. Um, and uh, he gets firecrackered in the eye, uh, gets a rocket out of his pocket into his eye socket, is what the kids say. And um, later, when he's back to normal, you see the big scar on his face, even when he's human, because it, uh, that's how the kid identifies who, you know, who, who it was. That's a good film. You'd probably dig that. I think you'd get down with that. Which one's that? That is a movie called Silver Bullet. Yeah, I've seen that one. Good times. Um, I've seen that one. Some of Gary Busey's best acting. Um, uh, I'll always remember his famous joke about, uh, you know, guy goes to a bar, says, hey, jackass, give me a drink. Guy, the bartender, gives him a drink. He drinks it, drinks it, and then, then uh, you know, has another one. Hey, jackass, give me a drink. And bartender pours him a drink, slides it over him. The guy drinks it. Then he finishes. He goes, "Hey, but he goes, hey, jackass, give me a drink. Give me another drink." So finally, the other guy at the bar goes up to the bartender. He goes, "Hey, you gonna let let him call you a jackass like that?" And the bartender goes, hee-haw, hee-haw, hee-haw always calls me that. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I just wasted everybody's life for a minute. Uh, maybe more. It's up for the debate. Um, but, yeah, so we'll go back into this. Uh, the paranormal reputation that comes along with the uh, the Skinwalker Ranch is rather fun. The ranch is located in West uh, West Unita County, bordering on the Ute Indian Reservation, U-T-E. Um, I probably murdered that. Uh, was popularly uh, dubbed the UFO Ranch due to its intensible 50-year history of odd events said to have taken place there. And 50 years of events is pretty... You can't really debate that. You know, that's pretty pretty solid uh, evidence, I feel, uh, reoccurring for 50 years, that is something to take note of. Um, according to Kelleher and Knapp, uh, they saw or investigated evidence of close to 100 incidents that include vanishing and mutilated cattle, sightings and unidentified flying objects or orbs, large animals with piercing red eyes uh, that they say were unscathed when struck by bullets. Invisible objects emitting destructive magnetic fields. Among those involved were retired U.S. Army Colonel John B. Alexander, who characterized the NID uh, SCI effort as an attempt 
to get hard data using the standard scientific approach. However, the investigators admitted to difficulty obtaining evidence consistent with the scientific publication. So yeah, you got the you know, the, you know the, that cattle man. They're always going after that cattle. You think that they they do to people too? You think people disappear that much via UFO situation, and they just mark them off missing due to a murder or kidnapping or whatever? Or what do you think? What do you think? Do you think humans disappear just as much? It's just there's different categories for us, reasoning for us to, to disappear than cattle. You know what I mean? Like, where's a cow going to go? You know what I mean? Cow's not running, yeah. running away with its boyfriend, you know what I mean, to Florida. <coughs> but one, one thing I would love to do in a future episode is the Alaska Triangle. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. Um, besides, uh, there's so much going on up there. I think in one 10-year period... Mm-hmm. There were sixteen thousand people disappeared. Sixteen thousand? And what? What? How long of a period? Ten years? About a ten-year period. It's a lot. Of, that's that is a lot of fucking people, even for ten years. You've had people. You've had planes. You've had more people and planes disappear there than you had in the Bermuda Triangle. What was it? What triangle was this? The Alaska Triangle. Alaska. I've never even heard of this. Interesting. Oh yeah, it's it's uh, it's an awesome place. They talk about a lot of different things, such as the Northern Lights. The magnetic fields are different there. Uh, there are people that have claimed just off the coast uh, because this triangle extends quite a bit over land. Mm-hmm. And just off the coast, uh, UFOs going in and out of the water. Interesting. Uh, there's been strange lights, strange creatures. The number of people that just vanish, and it's far beyond what you'd normally get in just. Um, People getting lost in a wilderness. So that's uh, going back to what you were saying about the Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, would people disappear also? Whether it's a di- whether there's a dimensional door there or whether it is uh, the UFO and aliens. Yeah, there's the potential there. You know that alien UFO coming out of the water thing reminds me of um, William Cooper, the, the conspiracy theorist and writer of Behold the Pill Horse. Um, when he was he was he was uh, in the navy, he he claims to have seen a spaceship with you know him and other people, but he was the only one talking about it. Um, seen a spaceship that came out of the water, go up into the sky, and then like come back super fast and like stop before going into the water or something like that, and then going in. But um, so like I'm very interested in diving more into that spaceship underwater thing because very like we've talked about before in the episode like we don't know what's in our ocean you know who's to say who's to say we don't have another life deep you know if if there's spaceships that are capable of coming from a different planet like these ufos would another another life flying them here then i assume those spaceships would be able to withstand the pressures of going into our deepest of oceans you know what I mean, and uh, you know where? What better place to be on top of everything? You know what I mean. Super close. Like what better place to be so close to what two humans, but like so far at the same time. You know what I mean. It's like the, it's like the, and you're not in the sky where you could be seen. You're deep underwater where no one's gonna see shit. You know what I mean. 
it's a very interesting take on it. Um, and you could go into like weird craziness of saying maybe that they were even here before we were. You know what I mean? It's it's it, it, it's uh it's an endless conversation, an endless idea. You know what I mean? Well, there's uh, several people who have the theory at the Skinwalker Ranch that there is a base, yeah. an alien base, uh, buried underneath the ranch. Interesting. Because it, it has really bizarre uh, radiation readings mm-hmm. that pop up and different EMF and energy readings, and there's no excuse for it. And some of it, they were actually, uh, one group did an experiment where they sent up observation balloons and they had meters on it on them and they sent them up and it all reaches a peak at a certain point over the ranch but somehow the energy doesn't go beyond that peak so it's kind of like how do you control energy to a certain point and stop it yeah Uh, so there's been a lot of speculation as to what is actually under that ground and some people have said it have gone with the idea that it is probably an alien base or a long-lost craft. Some type of super technology. Yep. Something that we don't... Something over uh, out of our pay grade as, as a society, you know what I mean? Like something we're, we're, not, we're not supposed to know about. But it's weird, you know? Uh, well, uh, black's my favorite col- color. It's what I wear a lot of, but I am not one of the men in black either. I wear men in black. I wear black for the same reason Johnny Cash wears black. Uh, I wear black. I don't. I don't know why I'm Men in Black. Um, I I only keep a Men in Black DVD and Blu-rays. But as far as I wear black for Johnny Cash, the Man in Black. I wear it for the the downtrodden, the people held down. Hell yeah, Ray does too. We're for the people here, mostly. Ghost, in case y'all wondered. You know. You know what else is for the people? Cattle mutilations and cattle mutilations. Uh, are all over this place, yeah, you know, they've been found in part of the folklore surrounding the area for decade, uh, when the NID Psy, I guess, founder billionaire Robert Bigelow, uh, I wonder if he's related to Bam Bam Bigelow, purchased the ranch for $200,000, this was reportedly the result of being convinced by the stories of uh, mutilations that included tales of strange lights and unusual impressions made in grass and soil, told by the family of former uh, ranch owner Terry Sherman. I, I, I want to jump back real quick, and I wanted to go back, uh, you know, earlier in the paranormal reputation thing where we are talking about, what's your opinion on these large animals with piercing red eyes? What's your take on that? Because that's something that supposedly is in our Bridgewater Triangle that people see, as well as cattle mutilations and... You know, flying like the stuff that is being seen on Skinwalker Ranch is very similar to Bridgewater Triangle stuff. You know what I mean? Well, if you're talking about a Skinwalker, and a Skinwalker um, is also a shapeshifter, okay, um, changing shape, and it could be any sort of entity that presents as an animal. Yeah. So whether it's an interdimensional being, whether it is a cursed person um, or an evil wizard, uh, when they assume that animal form, um, to be effective, you're probably talking about a limited number of animals. I mean, let's let's face it, if if someone is evil and they're going to assume the form of an animal, 
they're probably not going to assume the form of a field mouse. Yeah. They're, they're going to pick the wolf. They're going to pick the bear. Or they're going to pick the hawk. They're going to pick something which is uh, intimidating. Yeah. So to see these creatures with the eyes that are red spread out over, for instance, um, the southwest or the west, and then you go to Bridgewater Triangle, well, you see the same thing in Europe. Mm. And they're, if they're not the evil wizard, then they, they are the evil entity using a form, using a shape to manifest itself in this world. Yeah. Also, among the, uh, among some of the Skinwalker legends, um, not necessarily the wizard, but the people who have been cursed to change, mm-hmm. what happens if they're hurt, sometimes um, a family member may show up with the, with the scar. Interesting. It's part of the curse that carries the person and into the family. So the person, if you don't kill the Skinwalker, the family suffers. They end up with a scar or end up being hurt. That's one of one of the many legends. You think that might have something to do with birthmarks and, you know, people that are born with scars that might play into it? I would think so. People would see it and not understand it at one time in history, and they would think that that person had been, had been cursed or something and was being passed down in the family. Yeah. Yeah, to, clo- to close off Skinwalker Ranch real, real quick. In 2016, Bigelow sold Skinwalker Ranch for $4.5 million to uh, Adam, Adamadium Holdings, a shell corporation of unknown origins. After this purchase, uh, all roads leading to the ranch have been blocked. Uh, the, per- the perimeter uh, secured and guarded by cameras and barbed wire and surrounded by signs that aim to pre- prevent people from approaching the ranch. In 2017, the name Skimwalker Ranch was filed for trademark through Justla Trademarks. The trademark was issued in 2018, and in March 2020, this year, Brandon Fugel, 46, a Utah real estate tycoon, publicly came out as owner of the ranch. So yeah, I guess at this point you can't even go... I was going to say earlier, it'd be nice to go walk up and uh, check this place out, but no, uh, no bueno. That's no longer allowed, man. Nothing. Well, well that new billy, billionaire owner has a bunch of uh, scientists out there doing experiments uh, to try and determine what's going on at Skinwalker Ranch. So good luck with that. He's trying to do evil, mad evil scientist type stuff. He wants to you harness that energy for uh, evil doings. Uh, speculation, what I hear. Uh, don't well, actually, actually, I think that he's just uh, somebody with too much money who's kind of curious. Uh, bought bought that ranch. Uh, how he's going to play that, or how he's going to use it to his benefit, I don't know. But I think it probably started off with uh, a rich, a bored rich man with something they were curious about. It usually does start that way. You know what I mean? Everything starts at that place. Um, now, when I was doing little research about you know, the skidwalkers. Uh, there's a couple other things that popped up. Um, one of them was the, uh, the Hoi, Hoi Shivo. Are you familiar? Hoi or Hoi uh, Shivo uh, is a legendary Mayan beast. Uh, it is half man, half beast creature with burning red eyes and is specific to the Yucatan Peninsula. It is often said to be an evil sorcerer who can transform... <laughs> into a supernatural animal, usually a goat, dog, or deer, in order to prey upon livestock. 
So that that kind of just is the uh, same as the Navajo, as far as you're talking about an evil witch or shaman yeah. uh, transforming. So it's it's something that uh, goes way back uh, to, to the Mayan times, predating uh, the Navajo. A lot of these things feed off of animals, livestock, which is, uh, I don't know how to take that. I almost feel like if you were a superior, I guess it's a good thing that they're not feeding off of people, but I almost feel like in a weird world, a higher, a higher supreme being would eat humans, would eat us, I don't know, I assume, you know, something that is half beast, uh, like an animal, you know what I mean? Um oh. Would, would eat us, would devour us up, you know, they have such a, there's like a scary deal that comes with it that it almost, you'd want to complete the story with them uh, eating, sucking the fucking soul out of your nostril or something, you know what I mean, like something, like it would be a gruesome, horrifying end, somehow I would assume, you know. Well, there's two ways you, I, in my mind, there's two ways you can go with that. One is that if you go far enough back in a culture, and different aboriginal cultures, mm -hmm original peoples um you're talking about a hunter gatherer and there weren't that many animals you kept around so animals were a valuable commodity yeah. very valuable and if you were someone who was evil then what you would do is you would kill that animal and it would damage the tribe or the clan um if they lost any livestock that they they happen to have if they had any also, what you're doing is you're stealing a life force. You're taking a life force from that animal to reinforce yours. On a larger scale, if you go into Europe, even though it's not actually, well, almost like shape-shifting, shape yeah. um, then what you're talking about there is when you're taking a life force, you're talking about vampires sucking the life out of you. And again, that's blood, just like the animals usually when they're mutilated are found to have no blood. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and you're right. During the time and all these all these folklore and all that was kind of created, livestock was livestock. It meant a lot more. It was your livelihood. It was what you ate and stuff. So, like, yeah, it was more important. That Nowadays, you think of livestock, you go, oh, they just won't get some eggs. They won't get them some eggs. But back in the day, they, didn't have, they weren't eating, period. You know what I mean? It's important yeah. to have. Yeah. Craziness. Um, there was also another one called the Nagul, uh, N-A-G-U-A-L, um, in, uh, Mesoamerican folk religion, a Nahul, uh, is a human being who has the power to shapeshift into a jaguar form. A widespread superstition holds that, uh, Nagwals must make a pact with the devil as well as make an offering to him. So, you know, you get that going. They got the evil wizard going there, yeah. Definitely some darkness falls on that. Um, theory and anthropy, are you familiar with that? Uh, is the mythical ability of human beings to metamorphose into other animals by means of shape-shifting. It is possible that uh, cave drawings found at Les Trois Ferrers in France depict ancient beliefs in the concept. The, the best-known form... Um, Ophirianopathy. Yeah, let me see. Yeah, lose Let me see. Yeah. yeah, was found in. Uh, let me see. We got a mix up. 
I don't know. It's kind of giving me hard times here. Let me. It's the best. Uh, best found in stories of werewolves, Ray. Like we talked about before. Yeah. So this is more of a werewolf situation. Interesting. Nope. Yeah, the werewolf and the shape shift are very, very similar, and that crosses over into the skinwalker, hmm. a human human that walks in the animal of the skin. Well, the werewolf is a human that walks in the in like a wolf. So I can see where the stories kind of come together there. Yeah. Um, theory and athropy was used to describe spiritual beliefs in an animal transformation. In a 1915 Japanese publication, A History of the Japanese People from the Earliest Times to the End of uh, the Maji Era, one source, the human predator, raises the possibility that the term may have been used uh, as, an, as early as the 16th century in criminal trials of suspected werewolves. So, but yeah, we are, so I guess it sounds like back in the day, back in the 16th, um, much like the witch trials, there was werewolf, werewolf trials. Um, yeah. A little harder They, they to believed prove, in a werewolf, the shapeshifter, the person that became the wolf and preyed on people. Yikes. Uh, that's tough. Uh, there's really no probably way to prove them wrong other than being killed, you know, which is unfortunate. That's how it goes sometimes, you know. Well, if you follow the legend of the full moon, then basically you lock them up and wait till the full moon comes and you hang around with a few silver bullets just in case they change. So something must actually have. Well, if that was the case, then it'd almost be justifiable because that right there is fine. Because if you ain't gonna turn into a werewolf, then you got nothing. You got nothing to worry about, you know what I mean. But if you're gonna turn into, you're gonna have some issues when that full moon comes out. Then you're gonna have some more issues on your hands, you know what I mean. But I feel like for the most part, you just chill out, relax, wait for that full moon to pass, get out in the morning, you know what I mean. Unless it was craziness where. Uh, you know how we with the witches we talk about if someone just doesn't like somebody they say, "Oh yeah, I was oh, I was in the quarters this this yesterday evening, and I seen her do witchy things, and the next thing and now she's fucking hanging from a noose." You know what I mean? So um, it's very possible that you know a dude's hated uh, some scumbag could be like, "Look at his teeth! I seen his teeth they're sharpening." And the next thing you know, they blew his head off, you know what I mean? Silver bullet, of course, of course, but blew his head off nonetheless, you know? Going out oh, yeah, in style, there's, there's, I guess. There's a lot of that. There's the hate, and there's the greed, too. I mean, if you have someone who uh, had some nice property and you had a beef with them and they tended to spend a lot of time in the woods and let's say some of your animals did get killed by a wild beast, well, then you get the perfect excuse right there to claim that person's a werewolf and you better kill him now before he starts killing people that's very true and then you take his land and uh, they were very gullible people i think back then people were so they would be they'd be quick to it's a little bit kind of like people are now where they're just quick to believe immediately before it gets problem before the problems on their front doorstep they disagree with anything they agree with anything you know what i mean well, the urban legends at that time, uh, what's taken over now is called Facebook. Yeah, true. <laughs> if it's on there, it's got to be true. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah sure. Sorry. Sad but true, you know. 
one of those one of those damn dangs. Um, we also have. Um, let me see these things here that they brought up. Um, we got warlocks, of course. You know that those always just a male a male witch, so to speak, practitioner of witchcraft. Um, those are more when I think of. You know the the opposite side of the witch trials is you know these people getting these males getting accused of uh, warlockism and uh, but yeah the werewolf thing was weird I never I never uh, I never even thought that there would be a time when people were actually sus you know uh, accused of suspected of being werewolves and put put on trial and death over uh, werewolf behavior. But I well, you could, yeah. I was gonna say you could probably be uh, accused of being a witch because you liked cats and had a lot of them around your house because cats were the devil's familiar. That's true. So they nailed you liked cats. They nailed you as a witch. They made up some stories, and you were hung. How many times do you think that uh, a lord or whoever would? Uh, a king, whatever, would would put a, p a person of power that would make this call would put a, like a regular person to death because they have three cats at their house. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, his wife has five cats. How many times do you think that's happened? Billions of times. Hypocrisy. Oh, very many. I agree. Those in power would manipulate. The fucking hypocrisy is horrifying. It's ghostly. It's downright well, ghostly. It's also ruling by through fear. Yeah. You create the you create the fear, and then you manipulate the people, and that's what uh, a lot of these legends led to. Whether it's witches, werewolves, skinwalkers, uh, less so with the native tribes, but it was uh, in the Western world um, and in Europe. It was ruling through fear and they use these legends to uh, control people manipulate them and they really didn't care about life too much yeah crazy you know I mean we still, some people are still that way to this day but you know what can you do um, I still got my mind blown about that werewolf thing you know in folklore we're going to have to do an episode on uh, maybe the next episode will either be Alaskan Triangle or uh, werewolf you know in folklore, werewolf or occasionally lycanthrope is a human with the ability to shapeshift into a wolf, either purposely or after being placed under a curse or affliction with the transformations occurring on the night of a full moon. So I had no idea that that was kind of based on a reality situation. I thought that was completely fiction. Uh, most of what you have in fiction, they took uh, an old legend or an old belief and uh, said, wow, this would make a good book or this would make a good uh, movie. And uh, that's where it is today. They just twist it around to whatever will sell. Because I never, I never took, I took, like, I never put Skinwalker and Werewolf, maybe in the same category, but never the same thing in my mind. Skinwalker to me was always like, this like kind of lanky creature with fur, like a like a fucking gargoyleish, where it's kind of like you know lanky, thin um, patches of fur, almost like 
like a human would have, you know what I mean? But hairy, but very hairy, you know, whereas in a werewolf's just straight fur, like a fucking, almost like a Bigfoot, just straight fur, can run on all fours, maul you, tear you up, kind of like in the movies, but, you know, you know, the best way to describe what I always assume Skinwalker to be would be like almost, de- almost demon-like with fur, you know what I mean, and lanky, um, like a, like a, if anybody's ever seen Tales from the Crypt's Demon Knight, you know, something like that, or there's like, um, there was some pictures floating around the, the interwebs years ago of like this half bird, half human, Native American type thing, and it's just very unsettling to look at, and um, I don't know where it came from, if it was a movie or a photo shoot or what, but it's just like... There's something very, uh, it, it, it looks like it could be real, but it's like so crazy. Um, you know, something like that. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling on, but um, I never really considered in my head that the werewolf and, you know, Skinwalker to be the same type of deal. Well, if you take a look at the... Uh wizard or shaman aspect of the skinwalker yeah. uh there are some cultures that uh say that the skinwalker or shapeshifter can also remotely by transforming itself uh and it walks let's say whether you want to call it another dimension or in the spirit world and attack you from there yeah and you might just see the you might see the image of it similar to someone might might see a ghost Mm-hmm. But the uh, wizard or the one doing it is not actually there. They're somewhere else, right? And they they've sent their their evil essence out. Now, whether you want to call that the astral plane, another dimension, you know, you, you can pick a name. But uh, they don't have to be physically close to you to be able to manifest and harm you. They just appear as the animal when they do, not the person. It's weird. I don't know why you wouldn't just appear as the person though like well, you project yourself I'd, pro- I'd probably call it uh, they're in stealth mode I don't uh, know because because they get their power from that animal weird yeah it's weird I feel it's weird so it's like they all they gotta summon I don't know I find it all weird like they gotta summon the power from the animal or something or, or be connected I mean we're all animals I mean, we're all connected. I guess we, we could all have a, a we will well we all supposedly have a spirit animal, right? Ain't that the deal? Uh, yeah. So like it's all within us, so it's just different. It's interesting. Well, if if you go back to the point that uh, at one time and uh, in many Aboriginal cultures, but I know in certain Native American ones, um, the animals could talk. And man communicated with animals, and that's kind of uh, common in a lot of Aboriginal cultures, so that we have a bond or a link with them. And the skinwalker takes advantage of that and manipulating that in the animal's power or energy to be able to change either in this world or reach out through another dimension. Don Knotts used to be able to talk to fish. You ever hear that? <laughs> that movie, yeah. Hell yeah, uh, Incredible Mr. Limpet, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, Don Knotts was the, the man. Um, so yeah, but yeah, it's interesting. I feel like, you know, we've talked about it before with the brain, you know, you use so much of your brain, I almost feel like 
if we used our full brain, then we would be able to communicate with other things, like animals. You know what I mean? Well, I we, think uh, I think that, in a sense, some of the animals communicate with us we're not aware of. If you take someone who's around horses a lot, yeah. and a good, a good rider, um, that horse does things instinctively. I think it was during World War One. there was a horse they used actually in the front to carry... Uh, ammunition and wounded back and forth mm-hmm. uh, across those dead zones and uh, no man's land and at one point the horse started finding its way back and forth on its own and would bring wounded soldiers back yeah. now how, how in the middle of a battlefield in a battle with a horse know its way know where to go unless it hadn't learned and not just because uh, people are injured in different locations, but how would it have figured all of that out if there wasn't some form of basic communication, whether you want to call it mental telepathy or whatever it may happen to be, or they're reading our minds. A good rider will always claim that they're one with the horse that may be more than they realize. Even on the, I mean, even on like the basic, the basic level, ground level of communication, I mean, this isn't a positive thing at all, but you, let's just say you take, there was a guy that, we'll do Tiger King. Tiger King uh, was abusive to his tigers, you know what I mean? Now, let's say if he, if he was to go into the cage and every time he sees that tiger, he was to kick it, it would eventually not be near him when he came in the cage. Now, that's communication, at the end of the day, it's tragic and not right, but, like, it's learned to understand that he's communicating through his actions to let that tiger know that he's mean and angry. You know what I mean? So, like, there... And that I think that barrier has been broken where you can see in animals where they can they can react to people's moods and such and know the deal, and I think that barrier has already been broken, and I think that, realistically, if more research and work was done on it, I think, and it goes back to that full potential of the brain thing, I think that with more, if, our, we, were, if we were more opened up to what our brains could do, I feel we could be communicating with animals and, you know, more directly with spirits, you know what I mean? I think uh, our, our, our third eye open would be uh, a, a wonderful thing. It'd be crazy, it'd be weird, but it would be... Uh, it would definitely be life-changing. It would be the beginning of a new era for sure. Um, but I don't think that that's impossible. I think communicating uh, is definitely possible. Because like I said, even in the basic form, and it was a bad example because it was kind of a shitty situation, but I mean, if you think about it, it's really true. Like, it, it, they, there is communication between them during those acts. And in the same flip of it, the same thing with kindness. You know, if a dude goes in, a guy goes in and comes home every day, sits on his couch, his dog or cat jumps up on his lap, they hug and pats him and they're excited, that's communication. They're letting each other know that they are happy to see each other. You know what I mean? That is that is communication at the end of the day. So I think they just got to figure out a way how to harness and get on the same page with like a dialogue or something. You know what I mean? Well, I know that, uh, well, being a medium, I believe there's more communication not only with the spirit world but everything around us yeah. than uh, we 
uh, admit to. Right. I know that with myself, um, like right now, I'm looking, I'm on the back porch looking out at the deck over the river, etc. But um, when I first moved here, and we have a variety of different animals, including rabbits, which are very skittish. Yeah. And uh, we've got a fox that comes through now and then and different things. But right now, I'll go outside and there'll be a rabbit there and it'll look at me. And for the longest while, I would just, just look at it. And in my mind, I say, I'm not a threat. Go ahead. Do what you want. I go outside right now and I... And if there are little rabbits out there, they look at me, and then they look away and go about their business. They don't run from me. Yeah. And it's the same thing. I was out the other night, and a fox comes trotting by, and it just kind of takes a look and then keeps going. There's another one that will run, yeah. but it didn't. It just like, uh, oh, yeah, you. Uh, you're cool. And, <laughs> and kept going. But I made a conscious effort uh, to mentally make sure everything, living thing around here would know that I am not a threat. I am not going to harm you. You know, do your thing. I'm just going to stand here and observe for whatever time I'm enjoying nature. And I get along well with all the creatures around here. They don't run. They hang around. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, we can, we've we lived in harmony for this long. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, there's times when we're very, you know even right now there's always there's always been groups of people that were unkind to the animals and uh, you know there's probably a group of animals that are unkind to the people and it's just kind of the way it works but uh, there could be there could be a more of a mutual ground I feel and if you go back to the skinwalker if you take someone who has that ability they may have aligned themselves with darker forces but they do have a certain amount of ability to change shape and to uh reach out and affect people whether it's from a distance or in that alternate form uh you're going back to the mind you're going back to the connection different connections in the in the multiverse and dimensions uh the fact that there could be skinwalkers oh definitely shapeshifters and skinwalkers definitely is a possibility i'm not going to rule that out you think they're you think they could be the middleman to to the, the evolution of uh, animal human society and uh, if tomorrow somebody came out on the news and said hey I figured out I know the way follow me I can be the one to bring you to communicating with animals would you be very suspicious uh, or maybe suspect them of skinwalker Situate, you know, a deal trying to pull off some maybe some trickery. Like, uh, would you would you automatically jump to the defensive of well, uh, wait a second here, or would you just say, well, that's pretty cool? I'd want to know more. If you're talking about something like uh, skinwalkers, then you have people who are into power, and they're using it in a negative way. Yeah. If you're talking about communicating with animals then I'd be curious to see if there were any studies done or if this person claimed it, you know, how did they prove it and what are they using it for? I'd be curious, slightly skeptical, but curious, and hopefully I'd be hoping that it was real, but I'd, I'd want to investigate it more. Yeah. My, my idea of... My my idea of what a skinwalker would look like is more of a werewolf after it's been shot with the silver bullet 
when it's in like that that middle stage of turning back to a human while dying, where it's like got the human features almost, uh, but it's like real hairy. That's what I assume. That's what my take on what a skinwalker would be. You know, I don't know the the, the way you described it to me. It sounds like a half starved a half-starved person, and the fur looks more like they got mange. Yeah, uh. I'm with it. No, I'm with it. That's that's what I'm, that's that's yeah, exactly. And they and they're standing there because the kind of wobbly or bent over because they just got hit by a truck. Put all those together, and you got and you you get the image I, I see when you describe it. Uh, skinwalker. It's funny because I have that broken that broken look to it myself, like that hit by a truck look. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know what that's from, but it's almost like a, they're they're like in mid transition, so like they get their, their posture is all fucked up, you know. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, if any time it's rendered that way, it's the interpretation of the person rendering it in a picture, obviously. But you could have the potential if someone claims to have seen it and then they're rendering it that way that uh, there would most likely be a certain awkwardness being human but also being in another form i mean yeah. you need a lot of power to make a perfect transition so you might have some of both and that that would make the awkward figure that you see mm. i would say the most powerful and probably aligned with evil are those when you see an animal uh and quite often they call hellhounds or uh the wolf with the red burning eyes it's, that would be the powerful wizard yeah um the others are the ones that look like uh Oh, dude, get a haircut. <laughs> yeah. They, it's believed they can also read your thoughts and, uh, you know, make animal and human noises to lure you out of the safety of your home. You hear a lot of that that with the, the luring, you know, the different noises. That's always a creepy element. It's like, you know, your prey, like, you know, luring your prey before you kill it. It's always a cre- creepy element. But, uh... You know, what about the, the reading the human, reading your thoughts? Is that something you came across? Um, yes, and if they have all of that power and they're tapping into changing form, potentially other dimensions or astral projection, then they would probably be able to at least sense emotions, if not pick up on some thoughts uh, to be able to uh, manipulate you. People have reported that they will climb all over your house, bang on walls, knock on windows and doors, and make baby noises and even sound like a loved one. Now, that's creepy. All of this just to get you within their grasp. Creepy shit. Um, the fucking the baby, that baby noise is horrifying. You know what I mean? Um, and loved one, you know, talking... Whenever, even in movies, as far back as I remember, whenever they did the the voice switch up, you know, when that when you'd see, or somebody would do the voice of, you know, whoever the fuck, you know, even Terminator Two has a scene where the dude does the voice of like the stepmother for John Connor, and it's like it's creepy still, you know, it's just something about something about uh, a life form that could like flip. Flip their voice so good to trick you, you know what I mean? And with the phone, you don't know, you know, shit like that, or or outside your house, like it's so creepy because it's like it could be right outside your door, and it could be, it could sound like me being knocking on your like three o'clock this morning tonight. You wake up to knocking on your door, 
and you go out there and you go, hello? And it go, hey, it's me, Matt. Ray, it's me, Matt. Hey, come, we gotta, we gotta have a talk. Like, that'd be creepy, right? Like, would you be freaked out? It, it, it would be creepy, but the first thing I, I'd do is I'd say, show yourself. And you look, you look out the, like, you, you look out the peephole and it's just black because, like, my hand's over it. And you go, oh, can, can, just take your hand off the thing and you, and I'm like, yeah, 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 just open the door. Like, persistent. Like, at what point do you go get the gun, right? I walk around to one of the other windows that opens up and shows me the entire front porch to see who's out there. Yeah. And then there's nothing on the porch? What do you do? Well, then there's that uh, little prayer book to remove uh, demons and attachments and cleanse things, and that thing comes out. I dig it. I dig it. Well, the other thing is that uh, I like to think it wouldn't make it on the porch because uh, when I do do my rituals and ceremony, um, I don't only do the inside of the house. I do the entire property. Cool. Cool, cool. So that, uh, you know, you could walk by and you go to step in a land and go, Ugh. no, not that house. <laughs> I don't like this. Well, if you're evil, you're not going to like it. Yeah, there's something very creepy about that, just the, de- the dead of the night. You know what I mean? Like, they got that, that little the folklore about the black-eyed kids there that show up. That's creepy. But just the, you know, in the casualness. Like, I think the casualness of not knowing, acting like something's not, like, not, there's nothing wrong. Like, when I think of this thing talking about a loved one, I, I, I automatically jump to, like, the Evil Dead movie where the girl, like, pretend, uh, 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 like, there's a... Uh, like when it see it sees like her mother and stuff, and like it talks like the mother, and it's very, it tries to trick. And it's just dark, it's dark, and then the voice and stuff, um, very dark stuff. But yeah, the trickery, it's more, it's very sinister. It also has like almost has like a pugawudgy type situation to it, you know, feel to it. Um, well, I, if you go back, if you're starting with the Skinwalker being an evil wizard. Um, or an evil witch, they're using evil, and evil has a reputation of, for trickery, uh, children's voices, presenting as a loved one. That's borne out in history in many, many stories and, and encounters. So the skinwalker is basically just living up to um, the legend of evil. It becomes what it uses, and that evil uses the skinwalker to present in a certain way, to lure people out in a, in a certain way that they're most comfortable. It's not going to show up as this thing, beast pounding on your door, because then you are not going to open that door. It's going to want to be able to give you something that you want, that you miss, or that you love. It's going to be attractive. And in the, as far as the middle of the night, or in the nighttime, the dark time, the threatening time, uh, particularly if you go to Aboriginal cultures when nighttime there was a whole world out there and you didn't know what animals were there. You transfer that down to uh, current culture, which takes a look at nighttime, witching hour, the time when ghosts are most active. Uh, it all comes together in that uh, Skinwalker legend is between the evil, the time of night, what it's going to do. It all comes together perfectly in that story. Yeah. Yeah, they, they they look in your windows. They they 
they cause car accidents. Race, which, 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 let me paint you a picture. You tell me which is scarier. Um, the scenario I, I told you before about me at your door and you looking out the window while, while talking. Both of these scenarios, you're talking to me, having a conversation with me with my voice the whole time. One, you look out the, win- you look out the window, you see that there's nothing there, but you're, but you're talking to me. Scenario two, you look out the window and there's a skinwalker weird animal beast mashup standing upright at your door talking with my voice. Which one is more horrifying to you? Um, I really can't pick one. Oh, I can. Because I associate them both <laughs> as the same thing, simply evil. Yeah. The voice without the image, um, then I know that there's something there which is evil that is hiding. Yeah. And if, if it is brazen enough to show itself, yeah. then, yeah, that, that would that would creep me out. But the reaction would be the same in both. It would be, like, automatic. Oh, no. Nope. Oh, no, for sure. Uh, I think the, 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 the visual would, would be more scary for me. There's something about that visual speaking with a voice you know, knowing that it isn't that voice, that ad- that that adds a whole different element of of, of ho- horrifying, just horrifying element to that situation. But uh, uh, luckily, we won't have to. We're not from Utah, so we won't have to deal with any of these uh, skinwalkers. Well, uh, skinwalker or not, I would probably have a tendency to turn around to look out there and go, oh, not this time, Satan, and then go into the prayers. That would be satanic, for sure. That would be uh, trouble. Uh, real quick, I'll do the old, uh, the old, the powers and abilities, supposedly, of these skinwalkers is uh, that they're evil. They, they, they must, they carry the the evil tendencies. Uh, Native Americans believe them to be, for the most part, male. Very interesting. Uh, sexist, of course. Um, they are strong, fast, and agile. You know, you wouldn't want to fuck with them. If you have seen a skinwalker, you probably know them in their human form. They gained their supernatural abilities by murdering a close relative. That's interesting. Did you hear, Did you ever know about that one, that detail? Yeah, I heard about that one. Really? Interesting. It's almost like what a like a sacrifice or something. Uh, kind of like a sacrifice, and what makes them even more terrifying is that they don't just sacrifice people; they would sacrifice their own family. Right. So that adds the to the evil legend. Agreed. You know, uh, and they travel. They travel by night and desecrate holy things. Yeah, desecrating holy things is creepy. Um, that is a different element in itself. Uh, they have a superior sense of smell, even in human form. I don't know why that always creeped me out, but that does. When things have like that that superior smell thing, creeps me out for some reason. How about you? Does that ever does that bother you? The fact that it's a, like because it's an animal, it goes back to that eating human thing that I th- that that it says that they they they, they more into livestock, but I think they eat some humans up, too, in that whole smell thing. You know, just like in the witch, like the witches, when they can smell the kids, 
you know what I mean, from like far away and stuff like that, I always found those, the smelling of things to be very creepy. Well, it's also they can smell your fear, so to speak. Yeah. So it, 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 it works, it works in on that. It also goes back to a very, again, a very old time with old cultures, uh, where you relied on the senses a lot more. Um, you didn't have all the pollution. You didn't have everything going on around here. And yeah. If you were, if your survival, let's say, depended upon the hunt, well, you made sure you didn't smell, and you would be tracking. You would be looking at details, and you would be using your nose to be able to smell and to be able to tell uh, what's around you and if if something is off. Uh, so it goes back to a very. And it also with animals that smell too. Yeah, animals they pick are up, big. With pick that, up yeah. your scent. It's all been tied together. Fear smells like piss and shit. For anybody out there wondering, uh, it is believed that by looking into the eyes of one, they can absorb your energy and power. Now that's pulling a lot out of you just by a look. That's powerful. Well, the eyes are the doorway to the soul. That's true, I guess. Yeah. They're, uh, yeah, you don't want to fuck with these things. Their eyes glow like an animal's in the dark. Makes sense if they're half animal. Uh, skinwalker can make noises like an animal or a human. The noises can include a baby's cries or that of a relative, as we mentioned before. Uh, baby's cries are interesting because people would run. If you were in the middle of the woods and you heard a baby cry, you would run to go help it. You know what I mean? That's fucking dark. Um... In the Navajo myth, the only way to kill a skinwalker is with a bullet dipped in white ash. Now it's got to be white ash. Um, very racist. Uh, others believe that a skinwalker can be killed by saying their true name. Interesting. That's interesting. Have you heard about that, about the true name? I've heard about the true name. That is almost, uh, well, words are power. It goes into a lot of religions. Um, that's how you cast spells with words. Mm-hmm. Um, it's biblical. In the beginning was the word. Yeah. And the word was with. So, yeah, the, uh, the fact that it uses, uh, it can use, you can use its name to gain power over it. Um, that's also when you're casting out demons. Uh, you call them out by name and you use the names or the name of God to cast them out. So it's, uh, the name kind of bears up very well. Do you think that has something to do with breaking the trickery? Because uh, usually they're trying to trick you, and when you're like, bah, call them out, like by name, they're kind of like shook. Well, it reveals who they really are, and then yeah. they become susceptible. Right. It's a crazy thing but that's cool I mean but then you gotta know find the name and know the name and such which is you know I'm sure that ain't easy uh, if for some reason you are able to injure the skinwalker you may find a relative or neighbor with the same injury sometimes it is possible to track down a skinwalker oftentimes the tracker will know the person interesting now that did you know that uh, that they might know the person yes so, are we talking about, like, like it's almost like it, there's a lot of these out there. Like, there's a gigantic amount of, of skinwalkers. Almost like they're e- equal to the size of the human society. Well, to be able to hunt you down, to be able to uh, steal your energy, 
to be able to affect you, they, it seems like they're very dependent on knowing you. Yeah. And make it be, to have to be able to make that connection as opposed to a uh, stranger. Hmm. Uh, you would lure a parent out of a house with the sound of a baby crying. Right. So it's that they really have to know their victim hmm. very well. And uh, when they walk in human form, um, they may know you and you don't know what they are. Whatever you do, do not look into the eyes of one of these guys. They can paralyze you, absorb themselves into your body, taking your energy and fear to make them even stronger. These are very powerful witches that can control your mind. They can make you do things to yourself, such as injure yourself or cause death. They have the ability to go further and run faster uh, than a car and jump over and off cliffs without harm. There was a, um, when I read that, for some reason, a dude popped out of my head in the conspiracy world. There's a dude named Isaac Cappy who kind of blew the top off of, like, uh, well, just, let's just, he said some names, accused some big names of some pedophile shit, um, which people do all the time. But he, like, then mysteriously wound up dead, which is always questionable. And, um,. It's weird. I almost wonder if, like, dark the dark arts of that got in his head. A situation could get in somebody's head and make them kill themselves. Which, right there, says they can. So I almost wonder if it was a situation like that. Because, yeah, he killed himself and it was weird. You know, you always hear about these weird, weird, like, out-of-place suicides. You know what I mean? Suicide's out-of-place to begin with, but, like, weird, you know... I don't know, just, you know, you know what I mean, you know what I'm going for, it's just kind of like a weird thing, um, so I wonder if, like, the, there is some type of mind control, dark art mind control, that, you know, they, they put, they put his fucking piece of his hair and shit into a pot and fucking mixed it up and did some, spit some fucking dark magic and next thing you know is... His, to, to, to quote Shogun Assassin, his brain was infected by devils, and uh, next thing you know, he's throwing himself off of a highway. You know what I mean? I wonder if that's possible. If that uh, things playing out like that would be a possible uh, situation. I know it seems far fetched, but uh, we don't believe in far fetched things being dismissed just for being far fetched here. Mostly ghostly. Or uh, anywhere in uh, where we congregate, but uh, well, once you once you start manipulating someone's emotions, yeah. and they become un unstable, it's much easier to manipulate and to influence even further. And if you're talking about adding in some uh, demonic uh, entity or force mm -hmm. or power behind it then once that person is weakened, yeah, they can be controlled. Um, whether, I mean, we've talked in the past about possession or attachment, and whether it's with things going on in the world now or whether it is with the skinwalker, it's it's possible to mm -hmm. control and even have the person harm or kill themselves. Yeah. It's craziness. It's, uh, you know, skinwalkers are not only... F 
uh, for the Navajo, but many of the Native American tribes have these stories. The Native Americans believe that the skinwalker will only bo- uh, will only bother them, but a few stories have surfaced where Caucasian families were attacked by one. Uh, the skinwalker is commonly associated with the Navajo people, but the others have uh, similar traditions. In, in Norse tradition, a skinwalker was a person with the ability to travel in spirit form in the shape of an animal to learn secrets. Um, the ability to travel in spirit form along with the gaining other attributes of the animal was gained by wearing animal skins. The best known example is the berserker or bear shirt warrior who would take on the strength, stamina, and battle rage of a bear. Bersarikur is the origin of the word berserker. Also according to Norse mythology, the Norse hero Sigmund and his son Sinifelti uh, became skinwalker for a short time after discovering two magical wolf skins. The story uh, relates how they were overcome by the wolf's animal instincts and begin fighting over meat. The pair decided to burn the skins after Sigmund nearly killed his son. Another tradition uh, familiar to many of uh, is the werewolf. The key characteristic of the werewolf or lycanthrope is the ability to shapeshift into a wolf or an anthropomorphic wolf-like creature. Whether the result of a curse or purposely achieved... The transformation is usually associated with the appearance of a full moon. One well-unknown attribute of werewolves, uh, their vulnerability only to silver weaponry, is directly derived from modern fiction. Whatever the tradition, one aspect of the skinwalker is almost universal is that the skinwalker is an evil creature. Even the traditions that portray the skinwalker as a good person in human form that same person becomes an evil, vicious beast while in animal form. So did you know that Know that to be true? Like, once you... That's very werewolf-like, you know? It's werewolf-like. It goes back to kind of like Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, truth. Uh, once you transform, then you're at the mercy of that power you use to transform. Yeah. And you've given up, you've given up control at that point. And that's where you get used for evil. It's true. Yeah, these are uh, these these are, are, are entities not to be played with. Uh, they're very, they're 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 downright almost demonic. I'd say you know they're not too far off, in my opinion, than a demon. You know, what's your take? You think? Agree? I agree. What I think is they are more like the minions of the demon, just different names in different cultures. Mm-hmm. And over time, different stories have been uh, associated with them. But whenever you're talking about a dark wizard or a dark witch mm-hmm. uh, who gains these powers through their interaction with the evil, yeah. then the evil is, is universal no matter what name you want to give a demon or the force or the entity. Yeah. And it's always going to play out this, play out the same way. So, uh, yeah, they're quite nasty. And there, for anybody out there interested uh, in going down a rabbit hole, there's a lot of images out there on the uh, the web of uh, skinwalkers, which there's some some uh, very uh, effectively uh, creepy images, and there's some that aren't so much, but it's definitely worth taking a peek. Um 
and uh, get your creep on. Get, 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 get your creep on. But shit. That, uh, yeah. So, would you like to say anything else about the Skinwalkers, Ray, before we wrap it up? Um, as far as the Skinwalkers go, I'd say there's probably more reality to them. Yeah. Than there is, uh, legend. The legends are just what different societies called them, but there is something firmly there. And it is evil people doing evil, using evil to do evil things. Truth. Um, and how they look when they're in human form and how friendly they are, well, that goes back to, uh, they're not gonna walk down a street in a, or in, in a crowd or a mall or anywhere else in public in their skinwalker form and freak people out, they're going to be that friendly person, shakes your hands, smiles, does a nice thing to gain your trust, to get to know you. Yeah. And uh, I'm not saying that you become a hermit, but what I'm saying is watch out for that. Watch out for the skinwalker. Watch out for the hidden evil in the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, you know, thanks everybody for joining us on another uh, episode of Mostly Ghostly. Um, by the time you hear this episode, uh, Ray Booten's new episode of uh, as a guest appearance uh, on Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie will be up. If you go find it, uh, he's on there promoting um, our newest uh, release, American Sasquatch, a uh, horror anthology film about, um, you know, some shorts about Bigfoot, um, Sasquatch, uh, Sassy, um, you know, fun, fun horror, um, on Amazon now, I think it's on VOD as well, anybody wants to, you know, down, rent, you can rent it or buy it, um, I believe Walmart and Best Buy also have it, I heard somebody, another store had it too, but, um, yeah, so it's out there, so if anybody wants to give it a, give it a, give it a watch, you know, go grab it, I think it's like 13, 14 bucks on Amazon, um, but yeah, Ray's interview will be out, so check that out. That was a good time. And uh, yeah, you know, thank you for listening. Hits are going strong. And uh, we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly.